Hello everyone, we are now live for our first Q&A or Ask Me Anything session as part of the Underdog Catapult program. I've got Steve Franco here, who's my partner in this venture. Hi guys. Yeah, good to, good to meet everyone finally. Uh, I know I've uh, sort of interacted with uh, all of you um, through the platform, probably just seen my emoji with uh with some messages coming through um so yeah it's really really good to be here uh, thanks to everybody who who's joined so far um a bit about my background so i've spun up a variety of, of uh, companies over the, the the years um everything ranging from products to hospitality and uh i joined up with mike as i was pursuing a separate venture and we came together with the um uh, sort of passion and drive to actually help others to, to start companies um and i've worked uh, as a head of community for a scale up myself so um yeah having that kind of desire of willingness to, to really help uh, brought us together and um, we're really really excited to to be the, helping all of you guys actually uh launch your your starts so yeah really happy to be here and have all of you guys joining us thanks steve good stuff um, I won't dig too much into my background. You've got access to my LinkedIn. We'll have a little room. <laughs> got any questions, feel free to stick them in the questions tab. Um, as I mentioned to those of you who were here a bit earlier, this is a slightly odd format for this first one, as it's just me and Steve on the screen. I think what we'll probably do, if you guys think it will be helpful, is for future calls to have more of a roundtable approach, where everyone can have their cameras on, we can see each other, and it's more of a two-way conversation as opposed to us kind of talking to you in response to your questions. That won't always be scalable. Um, so when we have, fingers crossed, hundreds of people on the program, um, that won't obviously work. But I think for now, because it's quite a small group that we're kicking off with, uh, it might be better. Or I can see a few people in the chat uh, saying that would be good. What we'll do, we'll kick off with a quick poll just to get a feel for how you found module one and the various assessments attached to it. Um, I've only put three options in there, but feel free to type freeform in the chat as well. So that's going to be starting now and you'll have the ability to vote. Awesome. So no one found it easy. Oh, one person found it easy. That is good. Excellent stuff. But most of you found it hard uh, and need a bit of help, which is obviously why, why we're hosting the session. And a few of you have got some ideas as to how we can make it better, which is so, so important. And I've mentioned in every call, from the kickoff call to, to module one, and it's going to be in every single call all the way through to module 12 and probably beyond. We are a startup ourselves. And we're open to learning. I mean, we're doing this, obviously, because we enjoy it and we love it. But we're ultimately doing it because we want you guys to succeed. So if there is anything that we can do better or that you think might work uh, slightly differently and get you guys a better result, we are super open to it. Uh, well, I am anyway. Steve might come. <laughs> Definitely open to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> um, so any thoughts that you have for now, stick them in the chat uh, or feel free to message me or Steve offline whether via email or on the platform. And we'd be happy to schedule a call and talk through or, or just sit back and listen. Until yeah, I guess to, 
sorry to Mike to add into that as well. If you can click once you're on the platform, and I know I put a reminder in there, but you can just click on profiles. And now the great thing about the platform, and um, although there are limitations within the chat feature in the general channel, um, you guys have the ability to actually reach out and chat to each other as well. So if you click on on people's profile pictures, you do have the ability to reach out, DM, start uh, having conversations, sharing ideas and thoughts, especially on the deliverables each week. Uh, and then obviously using that this chat to myself uh, or Mike. So it's just simple clicking the picture, it will open up a chat window and you can start having a conversation. That's just something to add that in. Sorry, Mike. No, no, yeah. I mean, that's a really, really good point. And I go even one step further. So me and Steve are not the gods of underdog. Well, we are the gods of underdog, but only, only uh, within underdog. And actually, each of you guys have got such um, deep experience, which hopefully we'll be digging into next week when we help you to find your, your respective spikes. You've got different perspectives, different experiences that will enable you to help your peers who are going through the same journey as you in ways that can be immeasurably helpful. So it's not just what me and Steve, what me and Steve says uh, goes by any stretch. We don't pretend to know it all, as I said before. So you guys should feel free to chip in and give each other feedback. In particular, with exercises like the value proposition. So I know that Lizzie's posted hers up and I gave her some feedback, but please, please, please feel free to also uh, give your own feedback and your own take on things. Even if it's just from the perspective of a, of a consumer. How does this sound to me as someone who is a lay person and not an expert in this field? And frankly, that's what I spend most of my time doing. I have for my entire career, for longer than I care to imagine, been a generalist when it comes to sector. I have specialized at times, but over the course of my career, I've worked across all sorts of different industries and that's what I love doing. And I would hate to be a specialist in any, in any one thing at the expense of being a generalist. So you guys feel free to wear that generalist hat and give each other that feedback. In terms of questions, nothing has come through yet, but what of those of you who said that you were maybe struggling or found the, the process a bit hard, maybe type any questions that you've got in the chat here so that we can we can help you out. Were there any specific uh, sort of crunch points for you? Were you just overwhelmed? How was the experience? And of course, if things went well for you, I know uh, at least at least one of you said that you found it relatively easy. Um, is there any advice that you can give some of the others as to what helped you get started and complete that assessment? The Bishoy's mentioned they really enjoyed the task so far, which is good to hear. How far have you got along? Um, I know there were six tasks which I can probably bring up on the screen. Halfway through, excellent. And what has been the hardest bit for you, Bishoy? I can tell you 100% on the next call, we're going to have that round table so that we can actually talk because this is a celebrate. Slightly unnerving for me, at least. Yeah, definitely. So Bishoy said that nothing's been that difficult so far, but maybe when they get to that value proposition part, it might it might be a bit of a struggle. And I think 
that's, I mean, it, it, even for us, as Steve and I have been on accelerator programs ourselves um, as participants, not, not, not in the, the kind of organizational capacity. And for sure, almost every accelerator program that I've been on has had something like this value proposition that is a common thread throughout the entire program. Um, and it doesn't need to be perfect. As we said in the actual module video, done is better than perfect. Just stick something out there. Don't be afraid. Put it out there, particularly, and I can see Simon said building in public seems a little scary, but actually the beauty of the underdog community is it is private and it's enclosed. So you should feel free to kind of share openly and share your vulnerabilities and your struggles and the difficulties that you're facing on there. Um, Lizzie's putting something in, but I'm kind of keen to, before, before we move on to that, just dig down into that building in public, which absolutely is scary, right? Um, and we've started doing it. I was talking just earlier this afternoon with a good friend of mine who's a multi-time founder and is spinning up something uh, over the next eight weeks herself, like a new, a, a new venture. And I introduced this concept of building in public to her, which she'd not really come across before. In fact, she said she'd seen it on my LinkedIn but she wasn't too sure what it was and what the benefits were. And I was explaining it to her. And even she, who is super experienced, like board level, um, has raised tens of millions of pounds in funding for, for her companies over the years. And is doing a super cool project right now, which I can't really talk about publicly. But maybe if you message me on the uh, underdog chat, I can tell you in private. Um, but she, she, she was saying, this is fantastic. I'm keen to get started. But how do I get started? And for me, it comes back to what we talked about on the module video. And that is don't worry so much about creating content and thinking that you've got to every single day whip something up and make it amazing. In some respects, and Steve, maybe you can talk about um, the chap from uh, the other accelerator who was just walking and doing videos, just daily 30 second videos. I forget the details. Yeah, so so that on a on a, a different accelerator that, that Mike and I actually took part on together, um, one of the uh, participants in the accelerator, their build in public was to actually record themselves every single day, um, just talking through a different task or perhaps uh, a deliverable on, on their process of, of building a company, um, and what they'd actually done is you know although they're sort of putting it out there for everyone to see, putting out all their vulnerabilities and all their thoughts and ideas. They were putting that out on LinkedIn and really getting a lot of positive feedback and it actually helped them to grow their network. I think they grew their network to an additional thousand followers um, within LinkedIn in, in under 30 days from simply putting it out there. And although, you know, the initial fears could be, oh, well, you know, someone's seeing my idea before I've really got it out there. 99% of the time that that's not going to make a difference. And, and really it's about your execution, not necessarily your idea. And, and this person is really proving that as they've really built quite a big following to help them launch their company um, because they've been putting it out there for everyone to see. Well, I can see that Bishoy has written in the chat that they've got a friend that does these kind of one-take videos every Friday on LinkedIn. I think that's a really powerful way of building, one, a repository of content that you can use again and again and again. And some of the... Uh, most popular kind of Twitter micro celebrities in that business niche, what they do is they will 
not just post one message and leave it at that, I'll post the same message multiple times in multiple ways over the course of a 30-day period at different times to capture different audiences. As you guys all know, right, especially if you've got a big following. So I think I've got, let's say, 10,000 followers on LinkedIn. Certainly not all of my posts get 10,000 views. And that's because link, the LinkedIn algorithm is so overwhelmed by the the bulk of content that people are putting out, the volume of content that, that's being posted to LinkedIn. There's no way that each of those 10,000 people could see everything that I post. You've got to be not even about consistency, but it's about, I guess, like repetition. You've got to be taking that one message and recycling it. And the beauty of that, of course, is that if you say the same thing in five different ways, you only need to think about one thing, right? So that kind of creation or that content creation piece gets simplified and then amplified five times by rewording what you're saying and posting it in different formats. And we talked a little bit about, um, I think we talked a little bit about, but it, but if not, we will in one of the future modules talk about people liking to read, other people liking to listen, and yet again, other people being more visual learners. So a video format being better for them. And even with video, you can go long form, such as on YouTube, or even on YouTube, you can do the uh, YouTube shorts or Instagram reels or the TikTok videos, which are more snappy and, 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 and kind of capture people's attentions. So yeah, building in public might be daunting, but fear not, fear not. Um, the reality is, and Steve kind of mentioned it already, if we're worried about our idea being stolen, actually the other people in the room the people who are going to be interested in what you're talking about are focused on their own things. No one has got the time to steal your idea and to work on it. Ideas are ten a penny. And uh, yeah, it was in a book I was reading recently. He talked about um, the fact that it's not the Nike running shoes that win the race. It's not the idea that wins the race. It's the athlete that wears the shoes that wins the race. Execution is everything, right? The ideas are ten a penny. Um, Lizzie has just flagged a small UX issue here. Yeah, we'll look into that. Again, we're, we're, we're kind of hashing this together ourselves at the moment. We're, uh, as I always say, drinking our own Kool-Aid and building as we go. So we'll take a look into that. I can see why that would have been a problem uh, and we'll figure out if there is a way of working around it. But just to put your minds at ease, the future, well, certainly for week two and week three, the volume of assignments that we set you will be far, far lower. Um, this first one was a bit of a baptism of fire. We threw a lot of stuff at you just to see if you'd sink or swim. Um, next week, there'll be maybe two or three tasks to do, and they'll be quite low key. Not that they're not important, but we're just starting to focus down. Um, and then the intensity will ramp up a bit in week four and five, where you'll actually be going out and speaking to customers whether in a one-to-many format or a one-to-one -one interview format. And that will be pretty intense, but again, it will be narrower in scope. You'll have one task, but it will just take a lot of effort to do that. Any other thoughts or questions from you guys? Particularly those who found it maybe a bit difficult and, and mentioned that you might have some questions or need a bit of hand-holding. Remember, we are always available, certainly on the platform, to answer questions, but also available um, via email. 
in addition to these one-off uh, weekly AMAs. There's something to touch on as well. I think Mike has mentioned it in the general chat, but we are going to be grouping um, all of you together into peer groups. We did touch on it in the introductory webinar. So we're looking at around week three to four, then we'll actually be pairing you guys together. And that's really to help you, um, you know, bounce ideas and really work together to, to create a company. You'd be amazed at the power of just collaborating on ideas and, and a vision um, and just having that perspective and not necessarily in someone who's working on something in the same uh, industry um, as yourselves to really take a look as an outside view, even taking the customer perspective and saying, hang on a minute, are you looking at this from a different angle? It's super powerful. And I think um, once we start pairing you guys, I'll be able to take a lot of value from, from having those peer groups. And then we'll reach out to you once once we're kind of formulating those. Definitely, yeah, re really good point. To help us do the best job for you guys at formulating those groups, um, please, please, please do your best to complete the assignments because the responses that we get from you are going to help us to understand where you're at in your journey what your skill sets are and where your strengths lie, and also potentially the industry verticals, or at least the business models in which you're building, uh, so that we can pair you more appropriately. That's not to say a random pairing wouldn't necessarily work, but I think there is something to be said for being smart about it, or at least trying to be smart about it. Um, I can see a few more people have kind of jumped in. What I'm going to do is just resume the poll um, so that you guys have the chance to vote as well. Uh, and it's a very, very simple question, which is, how have you found the first module? Did you find it easy? Absolutely nailed it. Was it really difficult for you? Was it hard and you need a bit of extra help? Or was it just okay and you've got some ideas on how to make it better? So that poll should be up on your screens now. Feel free to vote. Um, Simon's asked, uh, asked a question here. It's too early right now. And actually, you know, for some of you, it might not be too early if you were a bit further ahead. But uh, when were you thinking about building pitch docs? So for us, this first catapult course, this this 12 week program um, is simply about giving you guys the confidence and the conviction that the specific idea that you've either come to the program with, or which might evolve, of course, or that you have settled on over the course of that first six weeks of the program. But that idea is actually wanted and understood by the market. Until we've got those first signals, those early green shoots of demand validation, I wouldn't even be thinking about pitching. It's way, way, way too early, and you're right. Um, what we're looking to do is build out a six-month catapult, uh, sorry, a six-month launchpad program off the back of that. So you would start that at roughly the same stage you might be starting a more traditional accelerator program so coming onto that program with a semblance a semblance of an idea with some early traction and saying yeah you know what i've got something here now i just need a bit of help and resource to build that out and that program will be going through to your minimum viable product so actually having something out there and i was having a bit of back and forth on linkedin uh, around this in my opinion, that MVP does not need to be scalable. That can be something quick and dirty that you throw out there. And um, what you're trying to do with that is figure out, one, can you acquire customers? Two, can you acquire them at a price that makes sense for you? Um, and three, as you're acquiring them, 
is that a repeatable way of doing so? And maybe a little bit of, can you actually service them in a way that keeps them happy within the constraints of your MVP? The other way of looking at it, which maybe is more relevant for more kind of deep tech solutions or hardware and things like that, is actually whatever you build at MVP stage needs to be scalable. I.e. You're, you're taking away some of that technical risk or execution risk. So what you're doing is the basis, the foundation of what you will build after you raise your pre-seed round. But for me, that's not necessarily the case. I'd be looking to tick off those other boxes. Really, can you make money ultimately? And then we'll think, so that kind of desirability piece at the top of that, uh, of, of that three-pointed triangle, as opposed to the feasibility piece, which was down here. And then maybe a little bit of the, um, of the viability. So can you also set it at a price that makes sense? So we're covering off those two points of that triangle, but not so much on the technical piece yet. Um, but in short, in answer to your question, that was a rather long-winded way of saying what we'd be looking to do is help you to get pitch ready probably nine months into the program. Maybe quicker if you're moving at a quicker pace. Did either of you ever face a kind of imposter syndrome when building your business? I still do. Still do, of course, right? I think it's absolutely normal. Um, I'll let Steve jump in in a second. Yeah, but from my perspective, I'm naturally introverted, right? Uh, and I remember when I was working for IBM as a kid, essentially, um, I managed to blag my way onto a sales course, even though I was in a more technical, uh, technical role. And that was because I realized that my manager at the time his compensation was benchmarked against how many hours of learning his team did. But his team was filled with salespeople that I was supporting in a technical capacity. And none of them wanted to go on trainings or anything like that because they just wanted to go out and sell because their commissions were based on how much they sold. So I said to him, look, you've got all of this training budget available. You need to spend it. Just give it to me. So I went on all sorts of courses over, uh, over that 12-month period. And one of those was a traditional IBM sales course, which probably at the time was the best ranked sales school in the world. And it was filled with salespeople. And then there was one technical guy who'd been forced to go there by his manager to kind of be able to empathize with the salespeople. And there was me. And they made us do a personality test, which may be coming up for you guys too. And then the sales trainer made us stand in, you know, on one side of the room if we were extroverts and the other side if we were introverts. And I was stood next to this... Um, really nerdy technical guy and then looking at all the cool salespeople at the other side of the room and he's like man i can't be like him i'm gonna end up like them and i just made the decision then to change my mindset and just to become an extrovert even though naturally i'm introverted i just pretend i'm an extrovert and i don't mind getting up on stages i speak at business schools quite regularly in front of hundreds of, of top-notch mba students and it doesn't phase me in the slightest so you can kind of fake it till you make it a little bit, but really that's why we encourage you to build in public because it's a little, they're little incremental steps that encourage you to realize that actually it's not that bad. One, probably the haters don't really care and people who want to support you are the ones who will come out of the woodwork, not the haters. Steve, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I was just going to echo what you said there at the end there, Mike, which is essentially, you know, once you put yourself out there, you actually realize uh, a lot of the time that you had nothing to worry about. Really, 
and that the people that you know you might think would be thinking about what you're doing don't care and actually people turn around and go oh i didn't realize you were doing that 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 sounds really cool i didn't know you were i didn't know you you had that ability or i didn't know you had that in you to, to do that um I'm, I'm definitely interested so i found that in, in my personal experience the second that i took that step to just go you know what i'm just going to push all of my qualms aside and i'm just going to put it out there um actually it's it's never really been bad. You're always going to get people right in the background who you know might not seem as supportive. That's that's life, right? That's completely normal. You will find that, um, yeah, really, when you put your ability out there into the world, it actually helps build your confidence because you're you're telling the world, look, I'm here to do something. I'm here to make a difference. I'm here to build something that I'm going to show you is is worth people's time and my time. Um, so if anything, I think the whole process will actually just squash a little bit of that imposter syndrome, but it is completely normal. Um, yeah. Ben Stinich here. Totally agree with that. And I can see Lizzie's put in the chat that as a natural introvert, she's quite happy to hear that feedback. Yeah, absolutely. I think half the world are yeah. still surviving. Um, there was a question in the questions um, column about whether the catapult program is both for solopreneurs that want to build growth as well as lifestyle businesses. Now, look, the, the answer to that is yes, but also no. So we would encourage, as we did, was it in the kickoff call, Steve? I think in the kickoff call, we encouraged all of you to think big. And the reason for that is the reality remains that whatever you're doing at this early stage is going to be flipping difficult. And we're here to support you. We're here to point you to the right resources, uh, you know, signpost you to additional support that you might need. And also, of course, we've got that community around us for that peer-to-peer -peer support, but it's still going to be difficult. And whether you are looking to build a lifestyle business or a ginormous tech startup, pretty much the same in the early stages, things will obviously fork off and evolve as you start growing and going to market, but in the early stages, it's doubly tough. And in my opinion, it's always easier to scale back than it is to scale up. So you can aim big and then scale back. But if you're starting uh, building, and I'm going to give a terror, I'm awful at metaphors, right? Um, as, Steve, as Steve well knows. But if you're building a house, your foundations are only going to be so deep. If you're building a skyscraper, your foundations are going to be much greater. But it's easier to build a house on top of a skyscraper's foundations than to build a wobbly skyscraper that doesn't have the foundations to support it. So in my view, I would always be aiming big. That having been said, the lessons that you'll learn are perfectly applicable to even small lifestyle businesses. And by the way, I love lifestyle businesses. I've got a couple myself and I've turned turned around a few. Um, I've never I've never though invested in one, which might be a benefit or a negative, depending on how you look at it. If you are looking to get external investments and support to grow something big, of course, your vision can cannot be small. Your vision's got to be big. You've got to sell that dream and that story to investors so that they can get behind you both emotionally, but also from an economic or, or financial perspective. They need to make a return on their investment. Um, but if you just want to build a nice little lifestyle business that kicks off a bit of cash on the side, absolutely fine and we are in support of that 
It's just when it comes to demo day, we probably won't be able to put you forward for it because you won't have built the foundations of a VC backable business. But if you're okay with that, we're fine with that too. Steve. Yeah, no, I was just gonna just gonna add to the point that you know what, what we're doing with Underdog really is we're trying to build you know the world's largest community of, of, of founders, but at all levels, um, building all types of businesses. So I think our goal um, is really to provide value for for everybody who's building a business out there, whether it's a lifestyle business or, or something that's going to be VC backable. You know, our aim is that you know once you're in there and you're in our community in the platform. You're going to take so much value whether it's you're building your business and then you find that the course maybe doesn't suit what you're doing that's totally fine and maybe it's actually that the community can be there to actually support your progress as time goes on so we really want people to look at sort of underdog as being there really even as you've as you've launched right and, and even if you finish the 12 weeks and you decide not to continue with the the, the launchpad program well, look, I still have this community there, these people that I've potentially made friends with and connections with that can give me feedback and support as I actually grow or just generally can just be there to sort of uh, to, to sort of assess my ideas or my pivots as I go along in my journey. Um, but this probably comes back to why we're looking to really get people to refer people into this. If you feel that there are people that can take value that I've been thinking about building, whether it's a VC backable business, whether it's a lifestyle um supporting business to generate a bit of side income you know they'll take value from from what we're doing at underdog um and and ultimately be able to support each other at all levels so obviously uh, that you know there's a there's quite a mix at the start right there's going to be some of you which are maybe further ahead and you could feel i uh, was from the poll that oh okay I've, I've kind of gone through this stage at the, at the beginning but like mike said um earlier we're going to do whatever we can to support you even if you are really far ahead. So even if you're not necessarily like, oh, well, this part of the program doesn't support me and Mike mentioned it, you can message us and we'll still find a way to support you even if you are further ahead. So the pitch deck side of things, maybe you are at that level. Maybe there's something we could do to support you at that side of things. Um, so so yeah, everyone is welcome and when we encourage as many people as possible to, to, to come and join us and also just stick around and be part of it. Let's, let's create good things. Yeah, and as an example, if you are at that pitch stage um, and you've got a deck that you want us to review, I do that all day, every day. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I've just been reviewing a deck before this call, and I've got a call with the founder tomorrow, pro bono, but I'm, I'm, I'm investing in their company, so doubly, uh, maybe not quite pro bono, but yeah, um, it's, it's something we're, certainly for this small group, we're willing to do for free. We're here to help you guys, right? And we're learning as we go. Uh, okay, Bishop's got the jump. Good to see you. There was a, a, a question up here from Tim um, saying he keeps getting told that he needs to have several hours of content to keep posting every day uh, and to create that flywheel of more content off the back of it. Um, but of course, yeah, it takes time to build this. Any tips on how to create a fast producing content machine for platforms as a solopreneur? So this comes back, and I think you joined uh, uh, after I'd said it, Tim, but... Um, this comes back to having perhaps one message that you can repurpose in five or more different ways. You can say the same thing multiple times across multiple formats in different ways. And that's what we'd look to do. So as an example, even if we take the like the module one session that was recorded that you guys um, that you guys managed to watch, hopefully managed to watch, 
Uh, by the way, any problems accessing any, any of the content, please reach out to me and Steve. But if you did manage to watch that, there are elements of that that we could extract. So we've got one long form video, but we can extract elements of that into short form video. I've already started, because it just gets my brain ticking, taking bits of what we're talking about on that longer call and repurposing them for Twitter in shorter posts and then LinkedIn in longer posts and just stimulating conversation. That's ultimately what we're trying to do, right? We're trying to get a message out there, but really to get people to question what we're saying and to feedback as to whether they think we're right or we're wrong. And I'm not saying that we will go out there and be deliberately antagonistic and say, um, all solopreneurs will fail or all founding teams that are that come through a founder first accelerator are going to succeed or whatever it might be. You don't need to be um, contrarian or controversial in any way, but you can just start seeding people's thoughts with your point of view and seeing what comes back. Um, I mean, Steve is the content machine, so I'm sure he's got th some thoughts on this. He does all the videos and all the slide decks and stuff like that because I've got the, uh, I'm not colorblind, but I might as well be. Um, but from my perspective, I think that, you know, that a process of documenting, not going out of your way to create content, but just organically posting what, what, what you come across in your day to day as part of your journey. But Steve, you'll have some thoughts. Yeah. I mean, I, I completely agree with, with everything Mike said there. Uh, I'd probably add that, you know, you are going to have, uh, I know this is a pretty show, but I don't know, it's said a lot, but you do have thoughts and ideas that are different to the majority of people around you, uh, even if you have a very small circle. And you would be surprised at sharing some of the kind of what might be seemingly simple thoughts and ideas uh, around what you're building or what you're working on or, or just you sort of your daily quips and thoughts on, on, on building a company, for example, how it could be different to other people's views and you can start a conversation. And I would echo what Mike said there, which is about generating a conversation. And really, once you start a conversation and you start to engage with people around you, then actually that speeds up uh, sort of the content machine. Because once you develop that engagement factor, then those people naturally will come back and, and look at the next thing that you're posting and talking about. So I would actually focus a little bit more on the engagement rather than just pumping out content. And a good example is, you know, if you take the platform much like YouTube, um, you'll see that the creators that spend time to actually come back and engage with their community, um, you know, tend, tend to grow really, really quickly rather than just pumping out a ton of content and you go through the comments and, and they're not really engaging or people are asking questions and they're not getting any, any feedback or response. So I'd say be confident of your ideas um, and also don't be surprised that, like Mike said, how many times you can repurpose the same message or how many times, for example, you could take uh, a sort of a landscape uh, a four-sized piece of content or an idea or, or a slide, for example, and chop that down into various formats for different platforms. And actually, you know, um, there's so many sort of niche platforms out there, um, especially around entrepreneurialism, that can really get your ideas out there to a different audience that you might not have, have thought of before. Um, so, yeah, be, be, be open-minded to, to where you can post content and really focus on, on actually just starting conversation your best way marketing and just on that engagement point that steve made um think not just about the vanity metrics and that online engagement although of course that is important especially if you're looking to game the algorithm but also think about offline engagement and the opportunities that putting yourself out there might bring your way 
And I gave the example earlier of, of my friend, uh, like really, really experienced business person. And she reached out to me today to talk about something unrelated. But we were talking about this kind of build in public idea that we've seeded with you guys. And it wasn't something that she had heard about, despite her years of experience. And, uh, you know, she, she she's very digitally adept, let's say, but she'd not come across it before. But she had seen it on my LinkedIn. So when I mentioned it, it sparked something in her. And we started talking about it. And we've actually, off the back of that, agreed to collaborate on the minor project, which could turn into something big. So that just gives you an idea of the serendipity that can come your way, which we'll be talking about in next week's module, simply by putting yourself out there. You've got to create your own luck in many respects. And if you think about content as a way of creating your own luck, as opposed to a chore where you've got to go out and, yeah, I've got to fill more content and I've got to chop it up and put it out there. That's not the way to do content. It should be fun. It should be engaging. You should be enjoying it and you should be reaping the results. Steve. Yeah, no, that's that. Yeah, you can touch on it perfectly, which is, yeah, have fun while doing it. You know, you have to, you have to really enjoy the thing that you're, you're putting out there and, 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 and the ideas that you're sharing. And I think Simon just there made a comment which which nails it as well uh another way of looking at it is replying to others content it's used to i yeah i completely agree with that as well uh so i mean that, that's also a really really good way of, of just getting out there and producing content uh, um so yeah no i love that and, one way of quickly and easily doing it so i in, in in the past for a previous business i was just scraping linkedin for posts that mentioned a specific topic that i was interested in engaging on and then I just religiously go through and, you know, not 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 um, not low energy, but I would actually read the post and then I'd think up something useful and helpful to co to, to reply as a comment. And the inbound that you get from that um, can be pretty helpful, especially, by the way, if, and maybe we'll talk about this another time, but if you set up your social profiles so that your message and your value and what you're interested in and the people that you help and what you do is super clear in your bio. So when I post, for instance, it says that I back uh, accelerator vetted solopreneurs. Super clear what I do and who for and what I'm interested in. So when I post a reply to a comment, and it's already started happening for me, I just updated that a couple of days ago, but people have already started reaching out to me off the back of that to talk about potential collaborations. Um, so that's a really uh, spot on, Simon, a really low effort way of starting off without needing to create any content of your own. Any final thoughts or questions, guys? I'm, I'm conscious that a fair few of you said you were having problems with at least one element of the of the module or the assessments. If you've, if you've got any questions, you've got me and Steve live here for the next 20 minutes or so. Um, if you're not comfortable sharing in public, do feel free to reach out to us on the on on the platform or over email uh we're going to do our best to be super responsive for you guys but now's as good a time as any and if you're thinking it chances are someone else in the program is too but i guess another thing i wanted to sort of bring up was actually probably going back a little bit to the content piece is actually networking as well so we're going to do um a bit further into the program about uh personal brand um, and also, you know, just the community itself being in, in underdog, you know, the more you guys kind of engage with, uh, with the community and each other, 
Um, and hopefully as, as, as we grow to a much larger community within the platform, those are eyes on your product. Those are eyes on your content. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to, we're all going to be looking at the idea is we're all looking out for each other. You know, Mike and I are super interested in everything that you guys, you guys are building and we'll be very engaging. And I think, you know, um, a lot of people within the platform will be really engaged in what you're doing as we support each other. So, um, you know, stick around as well within the platform and, and, and engage and, um, you'd be surprised that how, you know, even a, a community like this, and even if you look at LinkedIn, your second, third degree contacts can really get uh, a lot of impressions on things that you're putting out there. Yep. Lizzie's asked, do you have to have a clear concept for your startup or is there room for experimentation on the initial idea? And can I have a free t-shirt? <laughs> I don't think I've even got an underdog t-shirt, Steve. Um, I'll sort you guys out. I'll sort you guys out. Don't worry. I'm going to get some swag for sure. But again, yeah, you guys need to refer people. So th there's some sort of threshold, isn't there, Steve? I know for every two people that you refer, you'll get, who, who join the platform, of course, every two people who join the platform that you've referred, you'll get a free uh, one-hour mentorship slot, either with me or, or with one of our external mentors. Um, so I think up to, how many was it, Steve? Six hours worth, wasn't it? Which would be half an hour for every week of the program. But there's also, I think if you refer 10 people, you get a swag bag, which is probably going to be, I think, like a cap t-shirt, hoodie, that type of stuff. Um, TBD. I'm not sure. Have you made them yet, Steve? <laughs> we have we have some we have some prototypes in the works, but I I think we Mike and I were planning, especially for our sort of earlier members of the program, to to really you know uh, send some stuff out to you guys as well for for believing in it and uh, being part of it at the early stages. So we'll definitely be reaching out to you guys as the time goes along and, and sharing sharing love with some uh, some swag, definitely. Yeah, for sure. Um, so just going back to Lizzie's original question was, do you need to have a clear concept for your startup or is there room to experiment around the initial idea? And absolutely not. You do not need a specific idea. In fact, you don't need any idea at all. So the first six weeks of this Catapult program are around digging deep into who you are as an individual, the strengths that you have that you can bring to the world, the audience that you want to engage with and to, to, to help, to serve, essentially. And then doing that customer discovery phase where you go out over the course of those two weeks and speak with customers, either in a one-to-many or a one-to-one -one live format. And we'll go into that in far, far, far more detail um, in, in, in the prep work for those weeks. But ultimately, this is a design thinking process, which came out of Stanford Business School uh, some years back and has been adopted for, for this program. It's a bit of a bastardized version, to be fair. But what we really do is we go out and we, we, we listen. We don't lead with our solution. We listen for problems. And once we understand those problems and we can start connecting the dots and seeing the commonalities that our audience, however niche it is, has with one another, only then can we start actually ideating. And even once we've settled on one idea, of course, we'll go out and we'll test. Well, experiment with the market. And that's what that whole second half of the program is about. Those final six weeks are about running tests and mini experiments to try and refine, reject, or get behind the specific idea that you've chosen. And hopefully end that entire 12-week period with some hard metrics and data that supports 
that what you have landed on as an idea, whether from scratch or having picked from a basket of ideas that you've come to the program with, or even having iterated on the idea that you started off with, that that idea is or has the potential to be great. It's got legs. So that's ultimately what this entire Catabar program is about. So don't feel that you need to be settled on your idea by any stretch. In fact, part of what we're going to do is be challenging your idea, which is why we get you to start with your value proposition, particularly if you're coming onto this program with an idea, so that we can try and pick it apart and we can challenge it and we can, you know, give it, give it pokes in the right places. And if it stands up to the test, that is fantastic. And that should give you additional confidence and additional conviction that you're on, on the right path. Have you got anything to add, Steve? Uh, I was just going to add the kind of a point you made on the, on the call last week, Mike, which is, you know, we, we're trying to give you the best possible chance of succeeding. We're going to, you know, like Mike said, strip it right back so that when you complete the program um, and potentially um, have already launched your, your your company or in the stages of, of actually getting your product out there on, onto people's uh, eyeballs, that you are fully confident in your idea and ultimately really give you all of the markers to, to, to potentially succeed with your business. But that is that is our goal here, whether it's something that's going to be VC backable or, or, or a lifestyle uh, business as I think be sure it said earlier. I've got a question here from Simon uh, asking who the outside mentors are and are they listed on any of our pages? They're actually not, are they, Steve? I don't think. No, I don't know yet. Yeah, so so we can try and, and, and whip that up for you. There are too many to mention, but you know, I, I've been in the world of startups for 15 years. And as you can imagine, I have come across a ton of incredible people. Um, and I've been a mentor, like a startup mentor since I think 2014 is when I got, uh, I got trained by the Institute of Entrepreneurs uh, to be a mentor. So I've been doing this for a super long time. And the beauty certainly of my network is the fact that because I've done different roles in the world of startups, ranging from, from you know, as a mentor and advisor, where I've met a ton of other mentors, consultants, advisors, but also as a founder myself, as an employee too, actually, and, and Steve's an employee in the scale-up, but also as a VC and an angel investor, no matter where you need to get advice from, you know, whichever perspective you need to get advice from, there is probably someone in, in our network who will be well-placed, if not best-placed, to help. Um, so, yeah, in short, too many to mention, but maybe we'll pick a few out, Steve. That might be a nice idea, actually. We'll pick some, to, maybe we'll highlight one profile every every week and start getting them out there so that you guys um, can, yeah, I'm just thinking though, what I don't want to happen, because these are my personal connections, these are my friends who are kind of giving up their time to do it uh, out, out of the goodness of their heart. So what I wouldn't want to do is to have them bombarded by um, by requests from people that, that they don't know for, for their time. So we might have to think a little carefully about how we do that. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll find a way, fear not. Maybe we can get them on, uh, on, on, on. I was going to say, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, what we're probably going to be doing is actually bringing people in as well onto these calls. So, you know, the, this format of the AMA will change as we progress. We've kept it, you know, this format next week, we'll be looking to do a bit of a round table. So I definitely encourage you guys to join, um, you know, all of the calls, but next week should be quite dynamic and fun. Uh, and then we'll be looking to bring in these partners and mentors 
in the background to support you guys in some really, really um, fascinating, um, you know, mentors and people a lot of success that can be here to, to kind of support you guys and, and share their experience in their journey. Yeah, and it won't necessarily just be for the one-to-one mentoring. As an example, my friend uh, who I mentioned I was speaking with earlier about that building public um, idea, uh, she's going to be coming on board or she's offered to come on board to do a session on on branding for us and she's a branding expert so maybe we'll we will invite her to one of these sessions so she can give you a bit of input for maybe the first half hour and you can ask her any questions that you might have about that specific topic once we get to that particular stage um, and then we'll do may, maybe some Q&A or maybe a bit of networking for you guys so you can start meeting one another outside of your working groups yeah, and, and this probably comes back to, I know I've said it earlier, but just why it'd be really good to, to for you guys to refer people in. You know, we do have a sort of, the, the door is open at the moment for what we're calling sort of cohort one, um, but we're only keeping the door open for a couple of more weeks to allow the group to really um, be on this journey together. So I really encourage you guys, if you have people out there that you think are really considering it, it doesn't have to be something that's like we were saying, VC back, or they're just interested in starting something. Um, I really encourage you to get them on board um, because we, we'll be closing the the invites pretty soon. And then the next cohort, um, you know, it'll be cohort two down the line. Um, so, yeah. Awesome. Um, any final thoughts or questions from anyone? Steve and I have booked out like the, the full hour for this. Um, so we're, we're happy to stick around and answer any questions you might have. One thing I wanted to add as well, I know Mike touched on it earlier, just in case you guys weren't here. So, you know, I know that the, the deliverables, you know, they are they are quite heavy. Um, and if you guys sort of is approaching Sunday, we put the deadline there as Sunday 9 p.m. And I just wanted to add that, you know, ultimately the deliverables are the assignments in, in the program are really for you guys. They're not they're not for, for our benefit. The goal is really to, to guide yourselves. So they are, uh, it's a deadline for you guys, not a deadline for us um why we set the goal at the deadline of being 9 p.m on sunday is because then we're going to release module two at 9 a.m on monday and then it just gives you guys um you know the time to really not not be overwhelmed and swamped with with assignments and deliverables but i do guarantee you guys if you do tick off the boxes each week you are going to be amazed at what you will come out with um you know in a very very short space of time coming through the program so you know i really encourage you guys to, to try and give it your all or, and, and complete the the assignments each week um but yeah just to add that the, the the assignments are for you guys not for us so uh you're not going to get told off by us for not doing them but you know uh, by doing them you will you'll have a really good experience on the program and then you'll ultimately all come through it together and, and be able to share a lot of your knowledge and and really rely on each other for support and stuff as we go through Oh, good stuff. Any final questions? Obviously, if you're not, we've said it before, but if you're not comfortable uh, asking your questions here, feel free to reach out to us on the platform or over email. Um, and because it's a, a manageable group size, we'll, we'll be getting back to you quick time. As the community starts to grow, that won't always be possible. So take advantage of it whilst you still can. 
yeah we'll be leaving the, rec the recording as well i think we'll, we'll drop this into the chat after so i mean if there's anything that you guys want to refer back to that we spoke about um today then you know all of the amas will be available in the platform a lot of the video content that we're putting out there guys as well is exclusive to the platform so this is why we're saying getting people in or you know there's no there's no cost here there's no you know we've said from the start this is a completely free program. You know, you guys can go through this entire program for free. There's there's nothing you have to pay, no hidden charges or anything like that. And we will get you to to start and launch a company. Um, but the content that we have within the platform, we want it to be exclusive to you guys. So, um, you know, for taking the time and, and jumping in, you, you, you will get all of the benefit of all of the content and material that we put out. Definitely. good stuff well look, thank you all again for your time we'll probably call it there um and any questions that you have off the back of this as you continue working through the deliverables for this week just reach out to us that's what we're here for i know steve said don't worry too much about that sunday 9 p.m deadline i would say do worry about it because i'm going to be accountable 100 percent and one of the key predicators for success that I have seen in the hundreds of founders that I have mentored over the years is that bias to action. Guys, just, I'm going to try not to swear because I get in trouble, but get stuff done. Just get stuff done. Get out there and have that GST mentality. That's what we need to see from you guys. Even if it's not perfect, better done than perfect. Have that ready, fire, 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 and then aim mentality. Don't even worry about aiming for this week. Just get the stuff done, get it in there, done and dusted. Then you can chill for next week, which is going to be way lower key. You can chill a little bit in week three, which is going to be marginally low key. And then you'll be refreshed and ready to ramp up for week four and five, which are going to be focused but intense. Those customer conversations. So that would be my advice to you. Get it done. 9 p.m. Sunday. There's no excuse. I know it's bank holiday, but... Um, Whilst you're enjoying the coronation, just start thinking about what you're going to be working on. All right. On that happy note, should we call it a day, Steve? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, guys. Pleasure to to see you all in the chat. And uh, yeah, as we'll be in the community and we'll speak to you all in there. Beautiful. Thanks, everyone. Bye for now.